This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 241. So for today's episode, I'm talking all about the hot shoe port on the top of your camera, what it's used for, and we'll also be talking about speed lights. So the hot shoe adapter is a great item that adds additional functionality to your camera and your photography in general. Some people think it is only for speed lights, also known as flash units, but this is far from the reality. So what exactly is a hot shoe? Well, a hot shoe is the place to attach accessories to your camera for photography or videography. And most all mid to high-end DSLRs and mirrorless cameras have them. It is a bracket that is square in shape and metal in construction, and your accessory slips into the slot of this mount and locks down, either by a flip lock on some of the newer speed lights, or the item might have a thumb wheel screw that tightens it down. Now, you must make sure that the accessory is locked down tight to the body so that it won't slide and fall off the camera, and to make sure it makes a good connection if it's an item that's using the electronics in the mount itself. Now, some analog cameras have a similar port, uh, but they had different functionality. The hot shoe on our modern digital cameras is an extremely handy place to mount attachments as it's out of the way of the eyepiece and allows easy access to buttons and switches as well. And if it's an item with a readout, such as many of the modern speed lights or wireless triggers for the speed lights, it makes it easier to use those as well as glance at the readout for checking your settings. Now, the mount is generally centered on the top of the camera so as to keep the entire setup balanced out when you're shooting because you don't want to make the camera top heavy from one to one side to the other, left to right. Now, there are differences. There are cold shoes and hot shoe adapters. Now, if you look closely at the mount, your actual hot shoe mount on your camera, you'll see metal pins or discs. Now, these electronic points allow the cameras and the attached accessories to communicate with one another. For instance, if you trigger the flash when you press the shutter button, you may even have, uh, it, it will cause the flash to fire especially if you have it uh, mounted and connected and locked down correctly. Now, your flash may be a TTL or ETTL flash, which stands for through the lens. In this case, your flash uses the camera's metering and figures out exactly how powerful the output needs to be, and it sets it accordingly. It's kind of like an auto mode for your flash's power and intensity level. Now, many photographers prefer to use manual-only flash units or speed lights 
And even if they buy the ones that have TTL or ETTL, they tend to use them in manual mode only. And that's because they want to control the output power of the flash themselves. They don't want the unit and the camera trying to make the determination for them as far as how much power they need. Now, hot shoes are not universal. The contact points are unique to each manufacturer and the attached accessory must be made to work with the specific contact points. This is why a Nikon flash will not work on a Canon and vice versa. You can mount the speed lights, but there will be no direct communication between the camera and the accessory. The camera will oftentimes still be able to fire the flash. It just won't be able to do any TTL or ETTL metering. So you would have to use it in manual mode only. A cold shoe on the other hand, is an accessory mount that does not have the communication system. The accessory may connect another way, but not through the mount itself for communications. For instance, remote triggers generally communicate through a cable that plugs into the data port on the side of the camera. And the same with GPS units, which is something else we'll talk about in a little bit. Now, this is a technical definition of hot and cold shoes, but most photographers refer to the accessory mount on the top of their camera as a hot shoe, whether it is or not. It does not matter whether the accessory is communicating through the mount or not. Most people will just interchange the names hot and cold shoe. A better example of a cold shoe would be if you buy the mount adapters to put on a light stand so that you could mount your speed light on the light stand and then trigger it using a wireless trigger that's mounted on your camera. Those mounts would be considered a cold shoe. They look just like the ones on the top of your camera, but they contain no electronics. They're just specifically a mount made to accommodate that style of mounting post. Now, there is... Um, Oh, excuse me. Uh, so when you're looking at hot shoes and cold shoes, just keep those things in mind. Hot shoe has the data contacts for communication. Cold shoes do not. Now, what are some hot shoe accessories? Well, the first would be hot shoe covers. Now, you can consider buying a hot shoe cover. I recommend these to everybody. They are plastic and they slip into the hot shoe mounting bracket. Now, the reason for having these is they protect the electronics from moisture and dirt. The product is inexpensive and it blends into your camera's body. And you can find many hot shoe covers on places like Amazon. However, some camera manufacturers do supply them with the cameras. Fuji is one of the makers that is known for always including a hot shoe cover with their cameras at least the majority of their cameras. Now, what I did was I, when I switched to all Fuji cameras, I took the hot shoe covers that came with them and I put them in a little Ziploc baggie and I put them in a drawer and I used my own hot shoe covers. And I'll get into that in just a minute as for why I did that. Now, uh, the other things that you can get for your hot shoe, you can get bubble levels, or you can add a designer element to your camera body with customized covers. I know um, if you look on Amazon for those that shoot Fujifilm X-Series camera bodies, you can find black hot shoe covers that are made of plastic, but they'll have a red X etched in the top of them for Fujifilm X-Series or X-Mount. So a lot of people that shoot with the X-Series cameras like to buy those just because it dresses their camera up a little bit. 
Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, for my own covers, I prefer to print my own since I have a 3D printer and I can print them in my own choice of colors and sizes for any camera. Now, in order to be able to print my own, I had to hire someone who knows how to design the 3D CAD file in the format that's compatible with my printer. But the nice thing is it was a one-time cost and now I can print as many hot shoe covers as I want and they all have Liam photography etched in the top of them. So that makes it kind of cool and basically marks them as being a equipment that's owned by my business, Liam Photography. So that was one of the reasons why I went that route. I just thought it would add a little bit of a coolness factor. You know, I'm, I understand I'm kind of geeking out, but <laughs> I just thought that would be something a little bit cooler. So as I said, all of my hot shoe covers that I print out to put on my cameras actually say Liam Photography in the specific font that I bought for use with my business. Now, I'm going to take a brief break right here, and then I'll be right back to continue this discussion about accessories for your hot shoe mount. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So continuing our discussion, the next item or accessory that you can use in your hot shoe are flash units, also known as speed lights. Now, each manufacturer makes their own external flash units or speed lights. There are also off-brand flashes. So make sure you buy one that's compatible with your model of camera. Uh, Canon, Nikon, Fujifilm, Sony, they all make their own speed lights. And then in the third-party realm, you have Yongnuo, Godox and uh, Miyake, or uh, I'm not sure if it's pronounced Mikey or Miyake, it's M-E-I-K-E. They all make them as well. Now, just make sure, as I mentioned a second ago, when you're ordering them, get the model that's specific to your camera platform. Usually when you're looking at them online, they will have a designation next to the name to denote if it's made for a specific camera system. Godox, for example, We'll have a model name like the V860 Mark II or Mark III, and then next to it, it'll have a C, N, F, or S to indicate if it's for Canon, Nikon, Fujifilm, or Sony. So you have to make sure and get the correct speed lights because each camera maker's hot shoe mounts are proprietary. So as I said before, if you use a Canon speed light on a Nikon, it will mount, but the TTL or ETTL functionality will not operate you will have to use it manual mode only. Okay, so what else can we mount in the hot shoe port? Well, another accessory, as I mentioned a little bit ago, are radio triggers. Now, flash remote triggers like pocket wizards are, can be used to activate studio speed lights or mono lights. These are specific to both your camera's model and lighting company. Then you also have remote trigger systems for your camera, such as the Pluto trigger, 
which can be used to control your shutter and allow you to take different kinds of photographs, such as long exposure. Now, I used to have the pocket wizards at one time, but I've since, uh, I've since switched to using the flash triggers made by Godox since I'm using their speed lights. And I currently have the Paul C. Buff D800 DigiB mono lights for in-studio use. But I've been looking at the possibility of either switching to or adding the Godox AD200 mono lights as they're more convenient for using on location because they have their own built-in rechargeable lithium-ion batteries that are fairly big and last quite a long time. Now, for my DigiBees, I can use those out in the field, but I have to carry a fairly large and heavy satchel that contains the portable battery pack and the 110-volt house-style outlets to power the monolights out in the field, which is kind of inconvenient. Now, as far as a remote shutter release, I do have the Pluto triggers, and I absolutely love them. They are so handy, and they can do a variety of functions with your camera, from simple stills photography to time-lapse, star trail, HDR, video, sound, laser, lightning photography, proximity photography, droplet, shake, smile, and even motion detection. So you can see they're quite versatile. It's a wonderful little smart controller, and it has a great app for both iOS and Android smartphones to make it easy to operate. You don't have to worry about anything else. You can just use the accompanying app for your smartphone, and you're good to go. Now, the one thing you do have to keep in mind is you have to make sure when you order your Pluto trigger that you get it with the specific cable for the actual model of camera you're going to be using it with. So if you have, a let's say, a Canon T6i, you have to get the cable that goes with that particular camera. If you have a Nikon D850, you got to get the cable that plugs into the D850 and so on. Um, but they do offer the cables for most of the major camera bodies out there for most all of the major manufacturers. So just make sure you pick the right cable when you place your order so that you will have a fully functioning Pluto trigger when it arrives. Now let's talk a bit about video accessories. Constant lights like the newer video light direct a steady beam of light onto your subject. They are not the only ones, though. You have loom cubes, you have the Lytra torches, and there's many other lighting, uh, portable lighting units that can be mounted in the hot shoe of your camera as well. If you take many videos, an external microphone like the Tascam TM-2X Stereo XY microphone or a Rode VideoMic Pro or Pro Plus is an excellent option, and they're going to give you super high-quality audio for your videos, which is always important. And they'll plug directly into the microphone port on the side of your camera. Now, another really popular item for videographers, and especially YouTubers, is the Atomus Ninja line of external video recorders that allow you to record it, what you would normally see in the camera's viewfinder so you can include it in video tutorials or reviews. And a lot of YouTubers like Frono's Photo uh, tend to use those units so that they can show you exactly what they would see through the viewfinder, especially if he's doing one of his, um, you know, 10-minute uh, portrait sessions or something like that. He likes to have that so he can show you exactly what he sees through the viewfinder. Um, so they're handy for that. 
Now, uh, you also have the option of tethering accessories. Now, a wireless tether like the AirDirect system lets you send images directly to a laptop or tablet as you're shooting in the field or in the studio. The larger screen helps you see more of the detail, as well as allowing your client to immediately see the results of each frame as you shoot them. So that can be extremely handy. And it frees you up from having to use a tether cable, which could get in the way, it could get tangled up, it could get damaged, somebody could trip over it or something else and cause all kinds of problems. So wireless tether shooting is a better option. Now, you also have GPS receivers. Not all cameras collect location information. GPS receivers add coordinates to the EXIF data of the image so that later, when you're editing in Lightroom or Capture One Pro, you can review exactly where you were when you captured each frame. Now, make sure to get the correct accessory for your model of camera. Well, it's actually not model-specific, more manufacturer-specific. So Canon offers the GPE-1 GPS unit, and Nikon offers their GP-1 unit, and they both do the exact same thing. The nice thing is, is their GPS units will work with almost every camera body they've ever made, especially in the modern times. Any digital SLRs or mirrorless cameras will generally work with Canon or Nikon's GPS unit. Now, Sony and Fujifilm do not offer their own hot shoe mountable GPS units to attach to your camera, but many of the Sony bodies do have a GPS chip inside them, as do the Canon and the Nikon cameras. Many, but not all. Now, Fujifilm seems to be the only, quote, odd duck, as they refuse to add GPS chips or even the software stack to allow the use of a third-party GPS unit that plugs directly into the data port on the side of the camera. I've never understood that myself. And as you've heard me talk about on the show before, it sticks in my craw a bit that they don't offer either option. Now, another thing that can be used in the hot shoe is a light meter. Mounting a light meter onto an older camera can be a handy thing to have, and there is currently a new unit called the Lime One light meter that's currently on Kickstarter. But keep in mind that Kickstarter is not an online store, and any money that you pledge to back the project on there, you do run the risk of losing. So just keep that in mind. Then we also have brackets. Now, there are many types of brackets available. Most of them are made out of metal. And some of them allow you to mount multiple devices like a constant light and a microphone for video shooting. It basically would be a V-shaped metal bracket that mounts into your hot shoe port on the top of the camera and then has cold shoe ports at the top of each arm in the V so that you can put a light on one, a continuous light, and your microphone on the other. And that allows you to have both accessories attached to the camera at the same time even though you only have one hot shoe port on the actual camera. So that can be extremely handy. Um, handy brackets for mounting smartphones or other devices like the Uzani SST06 smartphone tripod are just a few of the items that you could use those brackets for. Now, last but not least, I want to talk about smart accessories because this is something a little bit newer. So Canon, for their part, 
more recently introduced a new multifunction shoe on the top of the EOS R3 flagship mirrorless body. They say it's not a flagship body. I call it a flagship body because it has pretty much all the capabilities of the 1DX line. Now, this is camera Canon's only camera currently to come with the actual hot shoe cover included. This new port allows you to use external microphones and other items that get their power and communicate through this multi-accessory smart port that looks like a standard hot shoe. And so you can use those items without the need for any separate cables that can get caught on objects or get in your way as you're shooting. So it's a very innovative design. And I have a feeling that going forward, Canon's going to use it on quite a few of their cameras. As a matter of fact, I believe they were also putting that port on the EOS R5C, which is their more video-centric uh, R5 camera. So I believe that one also has this new multifunction accessory uh, instead of a standard hot shoe. All right, so in conclusion, your hot shoe is way more than just a mounting point. It allows you to connect many external accessories that can greatly expand your camera's functionality. Um, whether you're doing video or stills, it doesn't matter. This gives you a whole new world of possibilities by using that mount that's already on the top of your camera. All right, so that's going to wrap up this week's discussion on the camera hot shoe and speed lights in general. Hopefully, this information will allow you to get more from your photography and videography as you go forward. And I know it's a little bit of a short episode at only 22 minutes or so, but hey, they don't all have to be super long ones. All right, that, like I said, is going to wrap up episode 241. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. And I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And once again, I just wanted to remind you at some point in the next month or two, I will be starting the next giveaway contest. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to the show and the YouTube channel so that you'll find out when that next contest starts and what the prize will be. I haven't decided yet, but I'll come up with something pretty cool that we can give away to one lucky listener or YouTube subscriber. All right, that is it. I'm out of here, folks, and I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors.